0: We're going to turn to Chronicles, First Chronicles 13 and verse 1 as you make your way back to your seats. Every Sunday that I am privileged to stand in this pulpit, I try to take exceedingly seriously. If you know me personally, you know that I like to goof off. I like to laugh. I like to have a good time. I believe that you can have a good time in the house of the Lord. I believe that you can have fun in the house of the Lord. Amen? All right, just checking. But every time I step to this pulpit, I I endeavor to take it very seriously. I don't generally pray more because I know I'm preaching. If I'm being honest with you, or transparent perhaps would be a better word, I I try to just preach from an overflow of what God's been depositing into my spirit throughout the week. But to be fully transparent with you, there has been an exceeding heaviness and burden upon my heart for this moment Today, and I am not surprised that there is a tightness in the spirit. But I believe that before we leave this place, we are going to see the glory of God in this house. Amen. Amen. First Chronicles chapter thirteen and verse one. And David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds. And with every leader, I'm thankful that this church is not a one-man show. I'm thankful for spirit-filled, consecrated leaders throughout this body that carry that weight and carry that burden. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you, and that it be of the Lord our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, and with them also to the priests and Levites which are in their cities and suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us. And let us bring again the ark of our God. Unto us. Somebody say, bring the ark. For we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. And all the congregation said they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. I want to preach in your hearing for these next few moments when the oxen stumble. When the oxen stumble. Would you set your Bible to the side? And one more time, I ask you to lift your hands and lift your voice and ask God to move in this place right now. Go ahead and lift your voice, church, in this place. I say thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. I say thank you, Jesus, for your love and your goodness. God Almighty, I come today hungry for you. Hungry, God, for your presence. Hungry, Lord, for you to have your way in this place. I tear down every stronghold of fear and intimidation and insecurity. I release the peace and the love of the Holy Ghost. Into this house in the name of Jesus, I declare a liberty and a freedom to the captive. I declare, Lord, that your word will go out and will accomplish what you have sent it to do in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands to the Lord with all of your might? King Saul is dead and gone. King David is now on the scene. The house of Saul has faded into relative obscurity, and the house of David has been made great. Both Second Samuel and 1 Chronicles parallel portions of Scripture place these events very early in the reign of David, it shows us the heart of a leader who desired the Ark of the Covenant to be close to him. The Ark was more than just a gold-covered box. The Ark of the Covenant was a symbol. It was, in fact, the location where the glory of God would manifest. It was, yes, a small wooden box covered uh, with the mercy seat and angels over the top of it whose wings would stretch out and near a peak over the mercy seat those wings would just barely touch and an angel on either side would look down into a basin. It was the place uh, in the tabernacle of Moses where the high priest would enter in one time per year with the blood of atonement and begin to sprinkle it upon The mercy seat. It was there uh, above that place of atonement between the cherubim that there was a localized presence of the Shekinah glory of God. Uh, And David wanted this to be close to him. It was not the glory, but the glory would rest upon it. The ark was the culmination of the tabernacle system of worship they would begin at the brazen altar and there would be a death, there would be a dying out, blood would be shed, flames uh, would eat away the sacrifice, the priest would progress further to the brazen laver to be washed in the waters. Uh, They would step then from the brazen laver into the holy place where they would fellowship in the presence of God with the light from the golden candlestick filling the room and the table of showbread off to their right and the altar of incense uh, ever burning in front of them and then the veil beyond the veil was a place that they only got to go one time per year and one man there was no opening in the veil there was just a veil and beyond that was the presence of God I'm so thankful today to live in an age I'm so thankful to live in the dispensation of grace that we live in that the veil has been torn Uh, and access can be made to the presence of God uh, by anybody that's willing to pass by an altar, uh, anybody that's willing to stop uh, at a brazen laver, anybody that's willing to tend to the fire uh, on the altar of incense uh, and allow it to become up before the Lord as a sweet savor. Uh, Anyone can access the holiest of holies. For Saul. Not to inquire at the ark was essentially Saul not inquiring of the Lord at all. King David has stirred the hearts of the people and they gather to bring the ark to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the center of their nation. It is the center of their people. They are desiring God and His presence and glory to be the very focal point of their nation and their people. Would to God... The day comes when not just Jesus Church, but all of Watertown, all of South Dakota, all of the United States of America desires the glory of God uh, to be at the very center uh, of everything we do as a people. uh, Would to God. God, uh, there would be a hunger in the hearts of a culture uh, where it's not something that's just confined uh, to a church house, uh, and it's not something that's just confined to a Sunday morning worship experience, uh, but there's a desire for the glory of God to be lifted up in our country. Uh, I believe that day can still come. Uh, I do not believe uh, we have seen all that America is going to see uh, as far as the hand of God. Uh, I absolutely believe that there is going to come a day uh, where the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out uh, like never before uh, and untold multitudes uh, are going to be filled uh, with the baptism of the Spirit uh, and God uh, will rise to a place of greater prominence in uh, our city, uh, in our land, and in our country. The people have gathered together and the excitement is palpable. Why wouldn't it be palpable? The presence and the glory of God uh, is about to walk through the gates of Jerusalem uh, and it's about to dwell among them. You can feel uh, the buzz in the crowd. You can feel uh, the excitement as the people gather together. And David comes out down from the palace and he comes with his entourage and he comes uh, with the musicians and he comes with the Levites uh, and they bring a new cart, uh, a brand new, never been ridden cart uh, and they bring in the very best of the oxen uh, and they put uh, the ark upon it uh, and they assign the greatest drivers uh, of oxen that have ever been uh, in the land uh, and they tell them it's your job to drive uh, the ark. Here's your Bible from 1 Chronicles 13 uh, and 8. The Bible says that David uh, and all Israel played before God uh, with all their might uh, and with singing uh, and with harps uh, and with psalteries and with timbrels uh, and with cymbals and with trumpets. Uh, There were a lot of instruments. Uh, If you thought the worship team was a little bit loud today, uh, you should have been there when David was bringing the ark in. Uh, We are short a couple of instruments. If anybody knows how to play the guitar uh, and you've walked through the tabernacle, uh, then we could use you uh, on the worship team. If you know how to play the the psaltery uh, and the trumpet, uh, even the harp, we'll take a stringed instrument of any. Any kind, but they're going all out with everything that they've got. And the Bible says when they came to the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled, the party was hopping. The musicians were doing their best. Uh, they're playing skillfully with everything that they've got. Uh, the very sweet psalmist of Israel, David, uh, himself is leading the people of worship. Uh, the Bible says uh, that they are doing it with all of their might. Uh, it's not just something they're doing half-heartedly. Uh, it's not something that they're going through the motions. Uh, it's not something that they were waiting for the team to sing their favorite song. Uh, and then they'd. Come a rug. It's not something where they were waiting for a chill to come down their spine before they would respond to the presence of the Lord. They were after it with all of their heart. That is how it ought to be in the house of God every single Sunday. Every moment, whether you like the song or not, whether they're in tune or not, God is great and His glory is worthy to be exalted and His goodness is worth celebrating. Oh, come on, some Uh, Is there anybody that wants to worship the Lord uh, with a little bit of effort, uh, with a little bit of energy, uh, with a little bit of bounce in your step, uh, with a little bit of excitement in your heart? David and all of the people are dancing with everything that they have because the glory of God uh, is riding up the road uh, to Jerusalem. And finally, in the capital city, in the land that was theirs, given to them by God, uh, finally, they thought, God uh, will dwell among us. And then it happened. And it will always happen when man leans on their own ways and their own understanding. The oxen stumbled and the ark appeared ready to fall. Can I declare to you today that God did not then, nor does God need now, mankind to prop him up. The Lord Reigneth, uh, and the earth ought to tremble at that fact. Uh, God did not need us to reach out a hand to steady uh, the manifestation of His presence. Uh, they had God uh, reduced to a cart uh, riding individual. Uh, there he was, uh, a little gold box on a cart, uh, shaking uh, because of the trembling of the ox. Uh, you see, it does not matter how united the people are. Uh, it does not. Matter how skilled the team is, it does not matter how big the congregation is, it does not matter how hard you try in your flesh to overcome your temptation or your problem or your hang up or your addiction. When you rely on the arm of man, the ox will always eventually stumble. It might be going well for a while, you might put your life together by the grace of God for a moment uh, we might be able to have a good time uh, in the house of God Uh, we might even be able to fill every single chair Uh, but if ever we get to a place uh, where as a church uh, or as an individual I begin to rely on my own abilities Uh, I begin to rely on my own strength Uh, I begin to rely on my own intelligence Uh, I begin to do things the way uh, that I feel they ought to be done Uh, And the ox uh, is going to stumble. uh, And the ark uh, is going to fall. uh, And the glory uh, will not end up where we desire it to end. So you can build it big. And you can build it strong. But man has their limitations. And in verse 10 it says the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And he smote him because he put his hand on the ark, and there he died before the Lord. And that right there is exactly what the party sounded like in First Chronicles 13. You can hear the sackbutt just kind of going, and in mid cord the harpist is that even the right term? Harper? Harpist. Hey, look at that. Mid-court. <laughs> because there's the ark and there's Uzza. What do we do now when God smites? What do we do now when God isn't living in the box that we've tried to place him in? Uh, What do we do now when all of the sudden everything that I've tried to do in my own strength, uh, everything that I've tried to be in my own strength isn't good enough? Uh, Where do we go uh, when humanity fails? Uh, Where do we go when the ox stumbles? Where do we go when we've reached the end of our intellect, our intelligence, and our finances? Where do we go when God refuses to move how we desire him to move? And Israel learns the lesson that the Philistines had learned just a few decades before. Presence without obedience is a dangerous place. The terrible irony of the entire situation is that inside the box that Uzzah was trying to protect was a book that could have saved his life. Inside of the symbol that Uzzah was trying to maintain and he was trying to keep in his own strength and intelligence, inside uh, were instructions uh, on how to live uh, and how to walk and how the ark was to be carried. In fact, Scripture tells us that by the time Solomon's temple would be built, the stone tablets of the Word were all that were left in the box. Somewhere along the line, someone wanted the bowl of manna. They wanted God's miraculous provision. Somewhere along the line, someone removed the rod of Aaron that had budded and bore almonds and flowers. They... They they wanted to be unencumbered by spiritual authority. But when the Word was ignored, God smote the man. I've come today to challenge this church and to remind us, we need the Word. I want the Spirit, I want the glory of God to rest in this house every day. Uh, every service I pray it God uh, roll back the roof of this church Uh, let there be a ladder uh, with angels of the Lord ascending and descending Uh, I pray that when people drive by uh, they would see it uh, they would feel it uh, from the moment you step out of your car uh, in the parking lot Uh, I want the glory of God to be so thick uh, that you can feel it Uh, I want there to be a palpable uh, difference uh, when you walk in the door of this church And the people of God begin to lift their voice. Uh, I want the goosebumps, Uh, I want the miracles, Uh, I want the signs, Uh, I want the wonders, Uh, I want the provision of God uh, that we're believing for with a new parking lot uh, and a roof. Uh, But above it all, uh, I've got to walk in obedience to the word uh, of God. Uh, Any other way uh, is trusting on the arm of man, Uh, any other way uh, is trusting in the strength. of my own abilities, uh, of my own talent, uh, of my own resources, we've got to, to have the Word of God. Nothing matters when you're outside of the book. I said, Nothing matters when you're outside of the book. Denomination after denomination, uh, falling away, uh, giving in to the culture, uh, giving in to the world, uh, giving in to that pervasive poison uh, that is an LGBTQ plus two, IAPZ, whatever you want to add to it, mindset. uh, Ordaining clergy uh, that are living in abomination to the word of God, uh, doctrine uh, after doctrine, uh, being done away with and said, uh, this is not necessary. You don't need to speak in tongues uh, to receive the Holy Ghost. or It doesn't matter how you were baptized uh, to claim it's only symbolic. Uh, You move beyond that, uh, and it begins to not matter uh, that you don't live a repentant life. Uh, Pretty soon you've got people in the church uh, living all kinds of sin, uh, living in filth. Uh, No, uh, God has called uh, and God has desired uh, for a people uh, not out of arrogance, uh, not out of pride, uh, but out of a sincere. sincere desire to grab a hold of his word and hold it to their chest and live their life based on the word of God. There might be a denomination with political acceptance. There might be a denomination uh, or a group that gains cultural acceptance. Uh, There might be those with growth uh, and prosperity, uh, buildings and riches. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I pray for all of those things over this church uh, and over every church that's going to preach the truth. uh, But we cannot mistake those uh, outward signs uh, as God's acceptance uh, and favor. No. David would write in Psalm 127 and verse 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. I'll say it in this manner here in Watertown, South Dakota. It doesn't matter how hard I sweat and spit and scream to try to preach something into existence. If it's not based on the word of God, Uh, then I'm wasting my breath. Uh, If I'm not living uh, and walking in accordance with the word, uh, then the oxen uh, are eventually going to stumble. Uh, The uh, the underwriting uh, of man is eventually going to go away. You cannot build your life on something other than the word of God and expect that somehow the oxen were not going to stumble. In 1 Chronicles 13 11, we see the narrative continue. And it says, David was displeased. You think? A dude just fell over dead in church. And David has the, the right to be displeased because God made a breach upon Uzzah. And verse 12 says, David was afraid of God that day. Saying, how shall I bring the ark of God home to me? And so because, because the oxen had stumbled, David says, you know what? I can't risk this coming to my house. I can't risk this stepping in. See, there's, there's some that come because they like the worship. There's some that come because they like what they feel. Uh, but if you want the glory to accompany you home, uh, you got to grab a hold of the Word, my brother. Uh, you got to take it into your own home. Uh, don't just come here on a Sunday so you can feel the goosebumps. Uh, you get in love uh, with the Word of God. Uh, you carry that home with you to your own house but instead he puts it aside into the house of a guy named Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the Bible says that he had it in his house for three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. This is not a contradiction. Uzzah is acting in disobedience and he touches the ark. Obed gets a surprise box that just killed somebody deposited in his living room I guarantee you there was a little bit of reverence They weren't setting the TV dinners on top of the ark They were tiptoeing around that thing They had the dogs outside They had the cats outside They had the toddlers ch- tied to the high chair There was a oh come on somebody I feel a witness right there. Every parent was like, yes, tie the toddlers to the high chair. That house was dressed right dressed because the presence of God had stepped into their home. There was a reverence for God that was filling the home of Obed-Edom and the Bible says God did not smite them dead. No, he blessed the house of Obed and all that he has. He tells us he was a Gittite. It's believed that Obed-Edom was a Levite. He was a child of Israel of the tribe of Levi, but he was born in the land of the Philistines in the town of Gath. He was He wasn't even born in the land of Israel. He was born in Gath. What's more, his name, Obed-Edom, means servant of Edom. Edom meaning flesh or sinful humanity. Into the house, into the living room of somebody whose very name means servant of sinful humanity comes the ark of God and is deposited in that house. The glory of God rests in a home. And this man and his family, the Bible says they tend to it. They take care of it. Hear me right now. This is not something for some titled clergy. It's available for anybody in this house uh, that desires it. Uh, What you feel here, you can take home with you. Uh, You can have it uh, in your living room. Uh, You can have the glory of God uh, resting in your home. Uh, All you've got to do is treasure it. Uh, All you've got to do is cherish it. Uh, All you've got to do is tend uh, to it. Uh, And when the glory of God settles in your home, uh, the Bible says that God uh, blessed him abundantly. Uh, Everybody saw the blessing of God in the home of Obed-Edom and David David is so in awe of what's going on in the home of Obed-Edom he says I gotta have this in Jerusalem just a few verses back we read that David was displeased Because it didn't pan out the way that he wanted it to pan out. Look, maybe your life, maybe your walk with God hasn't played out quite the way that you'd like it to play out. Maybe you thought you'd be further along right now. Maybe you thought you'd already be like a level 7 missionary. Or like a level 46 prayer warrior. Or something of the like. I don't know if there's levels. Just laugh with me, okay? David was displeased at how it had happened, but he didn't become bitter. David became obedient. You see, he realized, look, God is blessing the snot out of this servant of the flesh. Uh, but this can't just be in one man's house. This has got to be over the entire nation. Uh, and so the Bible begins to record in 1 Chronicles chapter 15, uh, David now moves out of how he wants to do it. And he steps into obedience and alignment with the word of God. And he calls the priest to him in verse 12. He says, look, you're the chiefs of the fathers. Sanctify yourselves that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God uh, to the place that i have ready for it. Uh, he wasn't about to just toss it haphazardly into his house. Uh, if you want the abiding glory of God to settle in your home, uh, if we want the abiding glory of God to settle in this place, uh, we've got to prepare for it. Uh, we've got to make ready for it. There has to be a construction uh, of a house of praise there has to be a cleansing of our lives and of our city but look what he says in verse 13 for because you did it not at the first the Lord our God made a breach upon us for that we sought him not after due order the motive was entirely correct but the method was entirely wrong and it flies in the face of how our culture and our world views God. See, we've got a mindset that God should just accept me because I'm, I profess hunger and I profess sincerity. Hunger and sincerity are good and they're necessary, and you're not going to grow and make progress in God uh, if you're not hungry for an ever-deepening walk with God. Uh, but we cannot lie to ourselves uh, and think that the method of approach uh, does not matter. We cannot lie to ourselves uh, and think that we can live any way that we want uh, and God's just going to welcome us in with open arms no uh, his word uh, has set forth some things Uh, his word has sent forth some commandments Uh, his word has set some processes uh, in place uh, of how he is to be approached and how he is to be worshiped and so the bible says that the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel And the children of the Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereof. What's the difference here? If you're not familiar with your Old Testament, here's the difference. The first time they got themselves a nice cart, they got themselves some nice oxen, they strapped. They might have even strapped it down with some ratchet straps and did the most dad thing ever and patted it and said, that ain't going anywhere. They put the ark on a cart and they started celebrating like they had done something great. But they were walking in out and right disobedience to the word of God. This time they humbled themselves, brought their lives into alignment with the word of God, found themselves, they got rid of the cart, they got rid of the oxen. See, the cart and the oxen had worked for the Philistines. It was the last way that the ark was moved. The heathen Philistines were able to move the ark on a cart with oxen. But when the children of God tried to do it, God said, Nuh-uh, I'm not going there. And so now they've got the Levites with the ark on their shoulder. They've got them marching. They've got them walking. And the Bible tells us that as soon as the Levites had gone six Paces. Uh, David sacrificed seven cattle in abundance and he began to do this every six steps. Uh, there was a seven sacrifice that would go on. Why six? Six in scripture is always the number of man. Man is created on the sixth day. Seven is the number of completion, it is the number of God. Uh, what's going on here? Man is walking in obedience with the word of God. Uh, six steps the fullness of man's ability in obedience. But to take the seventh step, you have to step beyond your own flesh uh, into what only God, God can do. And now sacrifice is made at that point. When you will step in obedience to the end of yourself and make sacrifice, God will begin to move in a way that you cannot do in your own strength. Hear me very carefully in the Holy Ghost right now. There are homes, there are families that have been struggling, you have been fighting, you've been trying to overcome addiction or temptation. There are people that have been trying to overcome a spirit of suicide, depression, and insecurity. The reason you keep failing is because the ox is always going to stumble. You cannot overcome it on your own. What you can do is grab yourself the word of God. Walk in alignment and obedience with it. But instead of relying on the bullock, don't rely on the bullock. Sacrifice the bullock. Don't rely on your ability uh, sacrifice your ability uh, don't rely on your strength uh, sacrifice your strength uh, and then take uh, a step uh, into what only God can do in your life Uh, why don't we lift our hands in this place right now romo, romo and that's where we run into the problem. Because it's pride that tells us we can do it how we want to do it. It's pride that tells us I can do this in my own strength. It's pride that tells us we don't need to humble ourselves and walk in accordance with the word of God. It's pride that tells us, look, I, I, I may have failed and messed up, but I'm going to do better this time. That's pride and that's foolishness. What you need is to grab a hold of that word and say, God, by your might, let your word sustain me. I'm going to bring myself under the authority of the word. I'm going to walk in the authority. of the. It didn't make sense. Uh, The cart was better. Uh, People didn't have to get sweaty and tired. Uh, Oxen are made to bear a burden. Uh, But it was not what God desired. See, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And what I'm talking about might not make sense to some. In fact, I'm seeing some blank stares uh, and some gazes uh, in this place right now. Uh, But you believe me when you align your life with the Word of God uh, and you refuse to to walk on your own understanding uh, and you go as far as you can in human obedience and watch God step into your situation. I have prayed for this moment in service so many times in so many ways. As we stand together, I believe that God has something very specific he wants to do in this house today. How many have a hard copy of their Bible with them? If you got a hard copy of your Bible, would you hold it up right now? I believe that God... To whomever wants it and whoever desires it is going to give a fresh impartation of love and hunger for His Word. You see, anything else we try to build this church on is going to stumble eventually. I don't care how good your life is going right now, I don't care how in order everything may seem. Unless it's centered on the Word of God, that ox is going to stumble and the glory is going to depart. We have, you read stories about missionaries and believers overseas. I've read stories about some believers in the Soviet Union. Many lived their entire life without ever seeing a complete copy of the Word of God. And too many of ours are on mantles or on the coffee table collecting dust. They would, believers in China, Bibles are so scarce and state-run religion is the only thing that's allowed. And so when an actual copy of the Word of God is brought to them, there will be great rejoicing and dancing and celebrating because they've got a copy of the Word of God. And then they will pull the cover off and tear out each individual book. And they will give this book to this believer, this book to that believer. And those believers will go home and they will dog ear whatever book. Man, I'd be thankful to be getting like the book of Proverbs or the book of Acts. I feel bad for the guy with Ecclesiastes or Job or something. Just kidding. Those are incredible, incredible books of the Bible. But they'll, Numbers, there you go, the book of Numbers. They will read it so excessively that they've dog-eared every page, many of them memorizing entire books of Scripture, and then the next time they're able to actually meet together, they will simply exchange the one book of Scripture that they get. Many of them will never own an entire copy of the Bible. I've heard stories about missionaries where the rebels would be coming through the village where they lived in. uh, And they knew that if they were found with a copy of the word of God, uh, they would be killed or worse, they'd be tortured extensively and then killed as stories of people that would hide them into loaves of bread and stick them in the oven so that when the rebels would leave, they could get that loaf of bread out. Talk about man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. They treasured the word of God. And we have the freest access of any society to ever live on the face of this earth to the word of God. Uh, If you don't like the translation I'm using, I could find you 16 different ones in English in about 3 seconds. Uh, If you don't speak English, they're in almost every language on the face of the earth. Uh, You can download a Bible. You can have the Bible read to you. Uh, You can have it read to you 24 7. In fact, uh, very frequently in this church when we're not here the Bible's playing because I just want it filling the atmosphere and yet and yet I won't speak a single word of condemnation to this church, but I'll let the conviction of the Holy Ghost reason with you in your heart. Where is the Word of God in your estimation? Where is it in importance in your life? Are you treasuring it? Are you holding it to your chest? When's the last time you sat in a recliner in your house with the Word of God on your chest and just wept in the presence of the Lord because you hold the greatest thing that's ever been committed to paper. Uh, Oh, uh, that word of God. uh, The word that can convict the sinner uh, and still save uh, that sinner. Uh, The word of God uh, that can reach down to the destitute uh, and provide for them. Uh, The word of God uh, that will move on the heart of the suicidal uh, or the depressed and bring hope. Uh, The word of God uh, that will rejoice uh, with those that are rejoicing. Uh, The word of God Uh, that will tell the fatherless uh, there's a father that loves him. Uh, The word of God that will speak uh, to the son or daughter uh, that's being abused uh, and tell him uh, there's a heavenly father who cares. Uh, The word of God uh, that speaks truth in a world uh, filled by lies and deceit uh, of the enemy. It's the word uh, of God, and we have to walk with the word. We've got to walk in our lives with the word clutched to our chest and hidden in our mind. As God would command Joshua, Oh, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then Thou shalt have good success. Uh, Oh, uh, would you lift your hands right now uh, in a hunger for the word of God? Ah, uh, I want your word, Lord. I want your word. I want your word. I want your word. Want your word. Jesus. The word that was made flesh was our perfect example. Hear me. You can't, I can't get off of it. I know I already said it, but I can't get off of it. You cannot overcome your failing and your temptation because you're trying to do it on the back of an ox and not on the word of God. Satan comes to Jesus and tempts him three times. With three varying temptations. Look, I, I know you're you're I'm not belittling your fight, okay? But Satan's the most powerful of the demons, okay? Many of us have never been tempted by Satan himself after a 40-day fast. What does Jesus respond every single time? It is Your addiction to pornography will flee when you begin to treasure the word in your heart. And remember thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Oh, uh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Uh, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Uh, The testimony of the Lord is sure, uh, making wise the simple the word. uh, Can do what you cannot do. Uh, If you'll walk in obedience with the word, uh, if you'll bring your life into alignment, with the Word of God. And so if you have a hunger, you have a desire for God to impart to you a fresh appreciation for His living Word. This is not a 2,000-year-old book. This book in my hands is alive. Not the paper, not the ink. The Word is alive. God has magnified his word above his name. We declare the name of Jesus in this auditorium over and over. We pray in the name of Jesus. We lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. We baptize in the name of Jesus as we should because the word commands it. But God has magnified his word above his name.